0: Welcome to this latest episode in the Herbert Smith Freehills FDI Friday podcast series in which our foreign direct investment regulation experts are sharing their insights into FDI regimes around the globe. I'm Ruth Allen, a professional support lawyer in our competition regulation and trade practice in London and I'm joined today by Francesca Mora, a corporate partner based in Milan, who has particular expertise in the energy and infrastructure sector and regularly has to consider the application of FDI regulation in M&A as well as Veronica Roberts, who heads up our global FDI group. Today, we're turning the spotlight on the Italian FDI regime, which has been significantly broadened in scope in recent years. And like the UK NSI regime, which we covered in the opening episodes of this podcast series, also applies to acquisitions by Italian investors, as well as foreign investors. Francesca, could you start off by giving a brief description of how the Italian FDI regime works? drawing out the key features that investors need to be aware of?
1: Sure. The scope of application of the Italian FDI regime has been broadened through a number of recent pieces of legislation, both in terms of type of transactions and sectors covered. In fact, say for the defence sector where special thresholds apply, not only acquisition of control by EU, including Italian investors, must be notified if related to the communication, energy, transport, health, agriculture and finance sectors, but also minority acquisitions by non-EU buyers. In particular, uh, the following transactions are subject to the FDI regime. Purchases of at least 10% share capital by a non-EU investor, provided that the aggregate value of the investment is at least uh, equal to 1 million euro, As well as purchases by a non-new investor of an interest exceeding 15, 20, 25, and 50% of the share capital of a strategic company. In addition, among others, Greenfield projects, Infra Group, certain contractual arrangements, or transfer of IP rights can also be subject to notification obligations. It's worth mentioning that also acquisition from Italian investors might be caught by the FDI rules. With respect to the sectors covered, in addition to the most common ones such as defense, energy, and transport infrastructures, telecommunications, the regime is also applicable to cybersecurity, including cloud services, finance, health and food sectors, artificial intelligence, collection of data, steel,
0: pluralism of, of media etc thanks francesca quite a long list of sectors there if you're not entirely sure whether your particular transaction would fall within scope of the regime in terms of the activities of the target is there any scope to seek informal guidance from the government or to engage in any sort of pre-notification discussions and if you can does that tend to result in meaningful guidance Since September 2022,
1: uh, the parties can file a pre-notification, whereby they can request the government to issue a preliminary decision on the applicability of the FDI regulation. If the government does not decide within 30 days, the notification must be filed. However, in 2022, the tool has, has proven to be useful since in 93% of the cases, the government confirmed that the law was not applicable.
2: And maybe just to jump in there, Francesca, that's a really useful tool because we do a lot of global FDI checks for cross-border transactions that we're involved in. And, And Italy is almost always cropping up as a country where we have to look further because, of course, the regime is so broad. So it's actually been really useful that you were able to go off and get that guidance. Uh and, and interesting actually that in ninety-three percent of cases the FDI agency in Italy is confirming that the law does not apply. So it's really useful when we're just trying to nail down that list of countries where we need to make filings.
0: Thanks both. It does sound like a very useful option to be aware of for the Italian regime. For those cases where a notification does need to be made, how active is the Italian FDI regime at the moment? Are you seeing a lot of notifications being made? And are there particular sectors or perhaps particular types of investor um, where you tend to see heightened scrutiny? 2022
1: was the year with the greatest number of notifications, more than 600, while in 2019 the notifications were only 83. 85% of the notifications in 2022 were related to the energy, transport, communications and the sectors under EU Regulation 2019-452, while the remaining 15%
2: was split between the defence and 5G sectors. Maybe just to come in again, Francesca, so more than 600, a really interesting stat. And that's making Italy, I would think, probably around the second most active FDI regime in Europe, if for these purposes we're including the UK in Europe, because, of course, slightly different time period, but the annual report we saw from the UK over the summer showed that we've got nearly 900 notifications being accepted there. So it's a very busy uh, FDI regime in Italy, Particularly when you compare it also to the other busy active regimes in France and Germany, which which are tracking at around half of of that number of filings. Indeed,
1: Veronica. It's also interesting to note that uh, in more than half of the cases, the FDI law was in fact not applicable. This shows that precautionary filings are frequent and this is mainly due to two reasons. First, the wording of the relevant provisions is usually very broad. This is to allow the government to scrutinize all possible relevant transactions in certain sectors, even if only in few cases the asset or activity is effectively strategic. Second, the sanctions for failure to notify are very harsh. The transaction which has not been notified is null and void. And the government can impose fines up to the double of the value of the transaction and not less than 1% of the turnover of the undertakings involved. In terms of sectors which are most likely to attract high scrutiny, in the past it was typically the defense and the telecommunication sectors which were particularly in focus but we have recently seen the intervention of the presidency in a much wider spectrum of industries, such as steel, energy, food, semiconductors, robot and automatic machines. In the opposition decisions, nationality of the investors, such as Chinese or Russian, has played a crucial role, since in certain cases, the evaluation was not only based on the strategic activity of the target for the country, but also on the national interest of hindering the objectives of a state which is considered as a competitor. But nationality has been not necessarily relevant in many cases where
0: conditions have been imposed. Thanks, Francesca. And, and what's the impact of the review process on the overall deal timetable? How quickly can investors expect to obtain a clearance decision um, and proceed with the transaction, or indeed to find that conditions are going to be imposed on a transaction?
1: So under Italian FDI regime, there is a standstill obligation. Therefore, the transaction cannot be closed before clearance. However, the time frame of the proceedings is relatively short. The presidency of the Council of Ministry must issue its decision within 45 business days of the notification, say for certain sectors where the period is shorter. But in our experience, the government usually takes less than 30 calendar days, unless it requests additional information or documents, either to the notifying parties or to third parties. In this case, the clock is stopped until the responses are are received. Requests for information are currently quite frequent, uh, but the scrutiny does not take usually longer
0: than 45 days overall. Thanks, Francesca. That's interesting to hear and um, a fair bit quicker, I think, than many other jurisdictions. Um, Where the review process does ultimately identify national security concerns, what sort of remedies do you tend to see being imposed? Um, Can the concerns usually be addressed via conditions or do you sometimes see outright prohibitions of transactions as well? Um, And is this an area where you can seek to negotiate or do you find that any conditions are just simply imposed on the investor by the government?
1: The government has power to impose conditions, typically the the government imposes restrictions on transfer of know-how, commitment not to transfer the production sites, reporting information obligations, obligations to appoint a compliance manager, etc. It's usually not possible for the parties to negotiate. This is because the rules do not allow the parties to participate to the decision-making process. In this respect, last January, in a very important case where the government prohibited the acquisition of a company active in the distribution of seats, the Consiglio di Stato, which is the Italian Supreme Administrative Court, stated that the government decision can be based on a geopolitical assessment, and therefore the right of defence and intervention of the parties must be excluded in the context of FDI cases. The result of this lack of transparency is that sometimes the conditions may be difficult to understand or to implement. In addition, in most of the cases, the conditions are not published with the decisions and therefore it's key to have great experience of FDI filings in order to anticipate what the conditions could be in a certain case and possibly give the necessary comfort to the government. In terms of the overall number of cases which result in either prohibition of the transaction or the imposition of conditions, to the end of 2022, the government exercised its veto or opposition rights in only nine cases, but in many others it imposed conditions or recommendations. Notably, in 2022, four transactions have been rejected, while in eight cases, the government imposed conditions, and in nine cases, recommendations, which are not formally binding.
2: So just to jump in again there, Francesca, that that is interesting. So you've you've got a very large number of filings, but actually when you compare to the number of filings, so those figures are relatively low, four, four being rejected, eight formal conditions, nine recommendations. Uh, but of course, what this isn't tracking is the number of transactions that the FDI regime may be putting off actually happening, given that a filing would need to be made. But, but it's interesting comparing that to somewhere like France, for example, where we're seeing many more commitments decisions being being made with the agency there back to you Ruth thanks Veronica
0: and finally Francesca could I perhaps ask you just drawing on your experience of dealing with the Italian government on transactions subject to the FDI review process to just pick out any other sort of top tips for investors who are seeking to navigate this regime as said, the pre-notification could be quite a useful
1: tool, where the scope of application of the FDI regime is unclear. But the most useful tip we can give is to take the FDI process due into account in the timing and evaluation of the transaction. The assessment must be done not only on the basis of the current activity of the target, but also on the potentials which the target has. Therefore, a thorough analysis is necessary. And when the transaction could be critical, it could be wise to be prepared and
0: possibly offer remedies to overcome the government concerns. Thanks, Francesca. Some great tips there. And thanks to you as well, Veronica, for what's been a really interesting discussion today. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. But thanks to our listeners for joining us. And please do let us know if you have any feedback on this episode or indeed any suggestions for areas to cover in future episodes of FDI Friday. This week I've also been talking to Miguel Angel Barroso and Jose Ramon Morenza from our Madrid office about the Spanish FDI regime and that episode is now also live on our website alongside this one.